Be yourself. You're not born to impress anyone. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. Make sure you subscribe and like on Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for a limited time offer for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Be yourself. You're not born to impress anyone. Honesty. That's probably one of the most difficult things to be consistent with, in relationships especially, especially if you're not used to it. How genuine are you? I guess that's the word that just popped into my head. Are you good at being a genuine version of yourself? And the idea of being ourselves depending on who we are and our current level of self-esteem can be somewhat terrifying of a prospect because many of us, including myself, will sit back and wonder, is myself, I know that's not proper English, but is being myself of any value? Do I have anything to offer? We are incredibly hard on ourselves generally speaking, and getting to a point of self-reflection and self-acceptance is something that some people never actually come to, what's the word, come to terms with. And so I do want to talk about that today. I want to talk about, I want to talk about you because there's a, um, There's a reality to our existence that's incredibly hard to reconcile. And I haven't studied in massive depth Carl Jung, but I've, I've learned a lot from Peterson, who speaks of Jung regularly. And as a Christian, I also understand the necessity of coming to terms with the darker side of our personality. That is arguably the cornerstone of Christianity as well. But we, we have a tendency to look at ourselves in such a critical way and to focus on the negative aspects of our personality so heavily that we define ourselves by those negative aspects. You know, we consider ourselves angry people or depressed people or sad people or anxious people or I'm a negative person or I'm a cynic or I'm a angry person. I'm an ugly person. I'm a lustful person. I'm just throwing random things we do to ourselves. We, we stick labels on ourselves. And, and the one thing that's compelling to me about these, uh, these psychologies that accept these darker part of ourselves, because I, I think the, the genuine idea that people are innately good is somewhat naive, because I also think People don't fully understand that 
our natures are constantly at battle. You know, if, if we're being honest about our personalities, there's there's a dark part of ourselves and there's a there's a light part of ourselves. And, and reconciling these two realities and being ourselves can be very difficult because it's it's much easier rather than being ourselves and being genuine around others. It's much easier to play a part, you know, to 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 pick a role. And, and pretend because we're incredibly good at pretending. <laughs> I mean, we can mimic behavior better than probably anything else. Um, it's built into our personalities. In fact, we can we can observe and replicate and parrot probably better than anything else. That's one thing we're better. We're good at doing. And I think a part of the reason we do this is so that we can try on different personalities, which I don't think is a bad thing. You know, it allows us to experiment with different forms of communication. It allows us to experiment with new ideas. You know, you think of a child who's growing up, you know, they they kind of mimic the behavior they observe. I mean, that's how they learn to speak. That's how they learn to walk. That's how they learn to talk. So there's, this is all good, right? This is all a good thing that, that this mimicking behavior, because it helps build, build and cultivate our personalities. The problem is, is, is if we never go beyond the mimicking, so if we never grow up emotionally, and start to self-reflect and internalize how we feel and our emotions with our behavior. We can be pretenders for the rest of our life, which makes it difficult to be genuine. And I'm going to get back to this this negative thing, you know, this um, this reconciling this negative part of our personalities. You know, even up till five minutes ago, you know, I was wrestling with with negative emotions. And so like this, this reality, there's a reality to our personalities that, that we just don't, we won't come to terms with for some reason. We, we shy away and we hide from, no, I, I guess I do understand the reason. It's like, we don't want to admit that there are darker corners of our lives and our hearts and darker desires. We don't want to admit that. You know, nobody wants to admit that they aren't as perfect as they want to believe. You know, that's that's just natural. So we shy away from it. And we just pretend it doesn't exist. But the downside is, is it's very difficult to be genuine if we don't come to terms with the, this this these negative aspects. And so I think a lot of uh, healthy living and, and some of the most interesting people I've ever met are the ones who have come to terms with their darker parts of their past, their darker parts of their personalities, their darker parts of their attitudes. They've come to terms with their anger. In fact, they've uh, reconciled their anger. They can they can tap into that part of themselves when necessary. You know, it's it's rather than saying I'm not an angry person, I'm happy all the time. It's like, well, no, you're not. You know, <laughs> you just bury your anger deep down. Like everybody's angry about something, but if we, rather than shove these emotions down, if we come to terms with their existence, right? If we extract them and we analyze them and we, we temper them, we temper our anger. And I've talked about temperance in this episode, in the show before temperance was the, uh, the act of a blacksmith rapidly heating and cooling materials. And then they would hammer it or beat it into a shape and then the final shape of whatever he's hammering has a purpose, right? So when we temper parts of our personality, especially the darker parts of our personality, rather than trying to throw them in the trash and pretend they don't exist, when we temper those parts of ourselves, 
we hone them into something useful. Because our emotions really, they're not, they're not really bad. You know, they're, they're a tool. They can, be, they can be focused. And if we are generally angry people, we can hammer that anger and focus that anger on things that are healthy to focus it on. But we need to, first of all, accept the fact that we're angry people. And I'm hard-pressed to say there's nobody out there that isn't angry. Like, we're all... Existence itself has enough suffering to be angry about. <laughs> like, there's there's a lot of things to be angry about. So, we all have it. But how we deal with that anger is different. You know, like, how do we emotionally come to terms with our anger? And how do we, how do we take that anger and, and focus it on something constructive? You know, and that's really, like, the trick, right? When we're trying to be ourselves, it's okay to be angry. You know, it's okay. when you're when you're with somebody else. Have, have you ever been in a conversation with somebody who's angry about something? But it's like a it's like a focused, righteous anger. You know, it's like a, almost a justified anger. I'm not saying they go and beat somebody up. Obviously, that's inappropriate. But they're justifiably angry. And that is the thing. You know, and, and it's fun to be around those people because they'll express their anger in a very specific way. And, and in many ways, you may relate to that anger. You're like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It drives me nuts, you know, and it opens up the door for genuine conversation. And I honestly think we relate to each other on our suffering more than we do on our on our strengths. You know, I think I think the darker parts of ourselves, the human failure part and the emotional anger and. Uh, anxiety and these areas of our life that are the darker parts of our personalities. I think, I think we relate to people and connect with people better on those parts. And so if somebody can communicate their anger effectively or communicate their uh, anxieties effectively, I think that's a great way to, to kind of connect with people. And so this part of being ourself is coming to terms with these, these dark parts of darker parts of our personalities. And I, I like the word reconciliation, the, not the world, the word reconciliation. When we reconcile something, I'm going to look up the definition here just so I get it. Reconciliation definition. Just want to make sure I get it clear. Um, uh, the action of making one view or belief compatible with another. So the um, reconciling our personalities and our anger to our peace, full part of our personalities. Like I, I genuinely believe, you know, and this is just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but just through experience, I genuinely believe that life is the act of reconciling the two, the polar extremes of our personality. Like we, we have in our hearts that the, the capacity of great kindness and great evil. We have in our hearts the capacity for great love and great hate. And too much love can be a bad thing because too much love can open us to being exploited by people who are looking for people who are loving and compassionate to take advantage of. Too much hate, well, obviously that has a negative connotation because if we'd have too much hate, then we aren't conscious or conscientious, conscientious of other people's um, emotions or feelings, right? So life is a reconciliation of the two extremes. You know, the the sweet spot lies in the middle. 
And we're going to talk more about that here in a moment. But first, we're at that time. And Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, my listeners can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of the free 30-day trial. That's right. For 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog, as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. So pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. And sign up right now. So then you may be asking yourself, okay, well, how do I balance these two extremes, right? Let's say I'm right now the dominate, dominating characteristic of my personality is anger. Like I just have a tremendous amount of anger. And what's interesting about this is since people are so diverse in their and so complex in their, you know, in, in their personalities, you can go online and you can find books or audiobooks or whatever it might be that deal with that issue, right? So you can buy a book that teaches you how to be a more loving person. Like if, if you hate people, you can buy a book that attempts to teach you how to be a more loving person. You can buy multiple books. You try to find people who've mastered that other, the opposite extreme, or hopefully maybe you're lucky enough to find people who have found the middle. Um, one of the, uh, one of the books that I think is tremendous on the issue of love is a book called Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. Another great one about loving people well is um, Crucial Accountability, um, bo- Boundaries, uh, The Four Love Languages, The Four Loves, I mean, um, also Love Languages, also a great book. And I've noticed that the best books on loving people well are about loving with accountability. So I feel like this is this is the balance between the two extremes, right? Because loving people doesn't mean giving them everything they want all the time. If I did that for my children, it would only be a matter of time before they'd inevitably suffer under their own ignorance, right? So if if I pandered to every whim of my child, they would end up fulfilling only their emotional desires and eventually they would get themselves hurt, right? So there's boundaries with my love, with my children. You know, when they say, hey, dad, can I jump off the roof? You know, that's an... They have never asked me that, but it's an example of the type of behavior children are prone to. I'm like, well, no, you can't really jump off a roof. Why not? Well, if you jump off a roof, you'll eventually hit the ground and you are physically limited in how much you can endure as a human being. <laughs> Bones will break. Bad things will happen. So there's boundaries with that love, right? Love doesn't always mean giving people what they want. But on the opposite end of that extreme, love's also not extreme rigidity in which you wrap people up in a tightly controlled environment in which they have no freedom to make mistakes because then they don't learn any responsibility because you've taken it from them. You've, you've essentially entrapped them. 
So this this genuine part of ourselves is the reconciliation, I think, of the two extremes of our personality. I, I genuinely believe that. I think Christianity appeals the most to people because Christianity is the only religion, as far as I can tell, um, and, and I don't want to say the only religion because there are other major religions who address it, but it reconciles the darkest part of ourselves, not just the darker part. That, that, that's why the cornerstone of Christianity is forgiveness, right? And if you're a practical and reasonable person, you'll say, forgiveness for everything that I've ever done? Well, that seems like a, a blank check cop out for all of the bad things I've ever done so that I can just get away with it. It's like, well, no, no. The point is, if you if you are forgiven for all of the darkest parts of your personality, you can safely explore those now. Like if, if you are under the grace of blanket forgiveness, it's like having a torch when going into a dark cave. A torch and a sword, right? So you have a torch so you can see and look around and try to f discover the darkest parts of that cave and explore them a little bit. But you have a sword so that if something jumps out at you, you can at least defend yourself. You know, without forgiveness, exploring a dark cave without any kind of light and without any kind of way of defending yourself is something we'll never do. We just won't ever walk into the cave. We'll just keep walking past it and pretend it doesn't exist. And so forgiveness kind of gives you the opportunity and the tools necessary to say, okay, I am an, I am an angry person. I'm a cheater. I'm a liar. Or I can be a cheater. I can be a liar. I can be a lustful person. I can be an angry person. I can be like, the, these can be part of my personality now. And I can explore those parts of myself without worrying about them destroying me. So I can, I can start uncovering these aspects of my personality and, and start reconciling them with the good part of me, right? I can start finding that balance between the two extremes of my existence. And the more I learn about the faith, that particular faith of Christianity, because I, I do consider myself Christian, the more I understand the necessity of this, because if we're only avoiding the bad parts of ourselves to prevent punishment, which is the historical way of dealing with our evil, right? Our evil natures is we just, we're like, oh no, well, I'm not going to be bad because I don't want to be punished. It's like, well, it's kind of an immature relationship, right? If I'm only doing something for my father or my mother because I don't want them to punish me, it's like, I don't really believe in it. I'm just avoiding the punishment. Well, that's not proper motivation. That's motivation by fear. That's appeasement. Now, if I know no matter what I do, I'll be forgiven for it. Let's say I've got a father or mother. And then I'm like, wow, they accept me for who I am. They accept the failure parts of myself. So now I can be motivated. I have to be, if I want to change my behavior, I have to be motivated by something else. And when I'm not motivated by fear and appeasement, I can be motivated by love because I'm like, oh, well, they accept me no matter what. That's kind of amazing. So, you know, just because they love me, I guess I will try to be a better person. And so it kind of gives you that grace, right? That word grace is a really popular word in Christianity, but it gives you that freedom. But it doesn't excuse everything you're doing, right? There's still rules. So there's still boundaries within that freedom, you know? Uh, in Christianity, it's frequent that God says, you are forgiven, but, you know, go forward and sin no more. So there's, there's a, there is a, there's a boundary with that forgiveness too. He's like, yeah, stop it. 
I do forgive you, but stop it. So I don't want to get too preachy, but I think that this reconciliation of the darkest part of ourselves is incredibly important. And if you're not a religious person, that's fine. You know, finding a way to come to terms with these extremes of our personality opens up the door for us to be genuine. And genuine people are fun to be around. And they're also less judgmental. Because genuine people who have come to terms with their evil are the most real people you'll ever meet. Because when you're suffering or you're angry, they're not going to judge you for it. They're going to be, they're going to relate to it. Do you see what I mean? Does that make sense? So this idea that we're, we're being ourselves, we're not born to impress anyone. You know, like ourselves first, we have to be honest. And the, the, and if, I guess if there's one takeaway you get from this this podcast, I hope is that to begin with this whole process of genuinity, gen, genuineness. Forgive me if I'm wrong on that. So, but to get to begin this whole process, it has to start with honesty, honesty about who we are, honesty about what we are, honesty about what we want, honesty about our anger, our passions, our our ourselves. And we have to get past this idea that our lives are a mimicry, you know, that that we're emulating how we think we should be. Because that limits us, because our ideas of what we should be are incredibly boxed in, because they're limited by our experience. The truth of the matter is, is we don't know what we are capable of. We don't know what we could be. And so when we pretend to be something, we are forcing ourselves into a a mold that may be too small for us and so if if we're working within the confines of impressing others and being accepted by others the second part of the quote if we're if we believe we're born to impress people then those people will continually limit us in our potential And this is why it's essential for us to be honest with ourselves and with others about who we are and what we are, because then that opens up that freedom of, of, of exploration and discovery into ourselves so that we can figure out what we are, figure out where we best fit into the world, figure out what relationships we best fit in. You know, if we confine ourselves only to these limited Man, imagine how limited we are in knowledge. I mean, really, like the world is incredibly complex and there's so much to it. And if we box ourselves in and get into the habit of boxing ourselves in to these preconceived ideas of the kind of people we should be, we will never, ever discover our actual potential. And so we have to start with being honest and being genuine about who and what we are. And yeah, it's scary. You know, and you will face rede- rejection. You'll face backlash. But as you get that feedback, you can refine who you are and, and start becoming who you were meant to be. You know, it's it doesn't have to all be terrifying and all be bad, right? As you dig up these new and deeper parts of your identity and you explore these deeper parts of yourself, that's, it should be exciting, it's also terrifying. 
<laughs> but it's also exciting, right? Because I don't think there's a limit to the depths of which we can we can really entrench. And so we do need to practice this always telling the truth. Um, a great book for this is uh, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. I think he, he really does nail down a starting point or a launching point for this. His second book, it, it does elaborate on and, and balance a lot of it out. It's called Beyond Order. Um, the uh, uh, Another great book on this is obviously the Bible, because the Bible, the people in the Bible, the characters in the Bible use language that help us understand our emotional states better. They use what you would call spiritual language, and they will teach you a vocab. It will teach you a vocabulary at the very minimum of to how to put words to your emotions, how to put words to your feelings, how to put words to your spiritual state, so that you can better journal things, write them out, and communicate. Because the people of that time and philosophers of old, they took they took seriously this this metaphysical world. You know, they 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 tried to figure out the best words to describe what people were going through. And and learning the language is incredibly beneficial and it's powerful for that for that digging deeper part of our lives. So, yeah, that's a few suggestions on things you can do, you know, um, obviously, if you're interested in Christianity, you could visit a church. Uh, and you could start speaking with people who have kind of come to terms with how they use this language to express themselves and their emotions. That's beneficial. Plus, just being around other people who are working on themselves is beneficial, too. And then, again, I'm not all churches are great. In fact, most of them are not perfect because guess what? They're ran by imperfect people. So that's something to be aware of. If you find a perfect church, run. <laughs> that's, my gen that's my general advice. If you walk into the building and they say, we've got it all figured out, turn around and run as fast as you can. Because you, you, nobody has it figured out, all figured out. Uh, we are all in process. So, so yeah. So be yourself. You're not born to impress anyone. This has been the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I hope you found some value in this episode. My name is Craig Chamberlain. Don't forget, before you go... Help the show grow by liking, sharing, and subscribing on your favorite social network. That helps feed the algorithms that do recommended videos. It helps the show grow. Also, if you're on a podcast, make sure you like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or wherever podcasts are distributed. Please leave a review, preferably a five-star review, because that also helps the show get recommended on whatever podcast network you may be using. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands, that's thousands, of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for this limited time offer for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. And until next time, be yourself. You're not born to impress anyone. And today, let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can. Because as always, that's all we can do. Have a good day. I'll see you all tomorrow.